What's up, everyone? Knuckleheads MMA Podcast for UFC 244. Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal from New York City. New York City! I'm Tim. I'm here tonight with everybody. Uh, first, Lee. We're talking fucking Lee. Howdy. How's it going? And back again on the show is Jose. What's up, guys? Happy to be back. Uh, very excited about this card. Uh, you guys, I would imagine, are also excited. Super excited. I'm super excited about this fight, especially since I'm actually going to be at the event. Uh, I'm going to be hanging out in the uh, Chase Bridge looking down, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. As of right now, Jose is the only one that is definitely going. Uh, Lee and I are still kind of looking at it, right, Lee? Yeah, yeah. Still looking at it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few options. Some of them are outrageously priced. But uh, first to uh, to kind of recap for UFC Singapore, we're going to do a new segment that we're trying out. It's called What We Learned. What we learned from UFC Singapore. What did you learn, Lee? Well, the first thing I learned is what I hope many people learn, which is that Ben Askren is a complete bust. Boom roasted. In the UFC. That's number one. Number one, how dare you? Ha! I learned in Damian Maya's walkout that he's 41 years old, but he runs like he's 81 years old. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, the second thing I learned is that Cyril Gann is the man. Uh, and he is absolutely a legit prospect and a future uh, heavyweight championship contender, I believe. I think he's a better prospect than Greg Hardy. And he's the man. Cyril the man. That's what I'm calling him now. I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed because when you started out, I thought you were going to wrap the whole thing for that one. Uh, I, I, could, I could complete it by next week if you guys give me some time. Sure. Well, All right. We'll go back to it. Yeah. All right. uh, the second thing I learned is uh, this is actually what Dante Mays learned, and that is that's an ankle lock because he didn't he didn't defend it at all. He seems like he didn't even know it was happening, and then all of a sudden he was in severe pain and tapping. The final thing that I learned uh, is a little bit different, but I was really pleasantly surprised that the UFC's roster play-by-play commentators and you know their analyst is always excellent, but John Gooden, Dan Hardy, and Paul Felder. I think that's as good as a team as they have. I was pleasantly surprised. I know it's a little bit different take, not on a fighter or fights per se, but I wanted to add that in. I, I really enjoyed the broadcast. Yeah, I like that take. Yeah. Uh, so the final thing I learned is that if fights were two rounds, that Michael Johnson would be a championship contender because he always seems ah. to fall apart in the third round of his fights. It's several times now that he was winning fights and then falls apart at the end and loses. He's lucky that that fight wasn't stopped in the third round for all the people that think that uh, Stevie Ray got away with a robbery. Johnson was pretty much finished in that fight. Yeah, that's a hell of a point. I think he's going to be a really good bare-knuckle fighter someday. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope not. I hope nobody's doing that. But anyway, that's <laughs> what we learned from UFC Singapore. 
Uh, we're going to talk about the big UFC 244 event. First, I'm going to introduce again to you our constituents. We have our representative from the borough of Brooklyn, Jose. Yeah. <laughs> we have our representative from the borough of Queens, Lee. Yes, sir. Home of Jared Gordon, Astoria. <laughs> and then uh, I live in Brooklyn, but I'm going to take uh, Long Island to keep it uh, separated from everybody else. Go Sarah Longo. <laughs> so I'll start with you, Jose. Uh, if if Kevin Lee loses to Gregor Gillespie, what do you think the UFC does with him then? And do you think he's done if he loses? No, I don't think he's done if he loses. If you look at the names that he's lost to and the competition that he's faced, you know, he's lost to RDA, Alan Quinta, Tony Ferguson. Those are not names that you should be embarrassed to be losing to. Um, he's fought name guys and lost. Uh, he, he hasn't reached the peak that he, he probably a lot of people thought he had the potential to, but he still has a lot of talent. I think even if he loses, he's still going to have a spot on this roster. Yeah, I'm interested in your pick, but uh, we'll get to that a little bit down the line. Lee, if Darren Till loses, do you think he is the UFC's version of Aaron Pico? No, I, I don't even think it's close, to be honest with you. And, and and that's really only because you have to put in context, you know, that Darren Till was literally the biggest MMA prospect ever when he was signed with, with Bellator in, uh, it was 2014. He was He was 18 years old. So, you know, they hyped him up for three years before he even made his debut in uh, 2017. Um, and obviously, I've been outspoken about the way Bellator has handled Pico, but I just don't think Till had that hype, so you really can't make that comparison. Um, but, you know, if, if Till does lose, I think you can say that, uh, you know, he's certainly been a bust, um, and he certainly is not a serious contender because he's got a clause way back up, if that answers the question. Sure does. Jose, uh, the main event, is the other fighter's stock really hurt by losing this main event, or is it really just a fight for the fans? No, I don't think either their stock would be affected by this. You know, this is a fight purely for the fans, and that's the beauty of UFC and the difference between boxing and UFC is that you can make excitement for a fight just for the actual fight itself, style of fighters. Uh, it, sometimes if it's two different styles and you want to know which one's going to come over, or if it's two of the same type of fighters just brawling in there. And that's what you have here, two guys that are just going to brawl, they're just going to give everything they have, and it's going to be a really, really good one. Yeah, so it doesn't Amen. really hurt either guy. They both kind of have a lot of losses anyway, and they're losing to another fan favorite. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. Lee, are you worried about Wonderboy Thompson being gun-shy? Uh, because he seemed really bothered by suffering his first knockout to Anthony Pettis. Do you think he will pull, be afraid to really pull the trigger or open up in fear of getting knocked out again? Well, I think he probably, you know, he's a very uh, cerebral guy, really smart guy. And uh, I think money-wise, he's a guy that doesn't even really have to fight. So... You know, I think he was very disturbed by the way he got knocked out. It hadn't happened before for him. But I don't think that's going to affect his fighting style because he's usually more of a counter guy, uh, likes to read his opponents, 
so it's not like he's had this style where he comes out overly aggressive anyway. So I think that he's going to come out, you know, sort, sort of cautious like he usually is. I mean, and I, I, cautious may not be the right word, but he's not a guy that's usually the, the, the aggressor. You know, he reads his opponent and, and counters. So I, I think he'll be fine. Um, but I think, you know, there is a genuine concern. I don't think this is a guy who will stick around too long if he had a string of uh, getting knocked out. Unlike some fighters where they keep coming back, this is a guy who has his own business, teaching kids, you know, and so karate and so on and so forth. I don't think he needs the money. So uh, I think he's generally concerned, but I don't think it'll affect his fighting style. Right. Okay. This is a question for both of you. Uh, I'll go to you first, Jose. Uh, which fight are you most excited for? Oh, it's got to be the main event, Diaz and Masvidal. I'm not surprised, motherfucker. As soon as I heard this matchup, the first question I asked was, where is this and I'm going to be there? And as soon as I found out it was in the garden, I immediately went and tried to uh, get tickets <laughs> as soon as I could. Yeah. you Actually, you did. <laughs> you immediately buy tickets. Yeah. Yeah, it actually took me a lot of guesses online to try to get that early access code, and I was able to crack it. Um, and thank God, because I was able to lock down some tickets. Yeah, and you gave me the code. That was very nice of you. I didn't wind up using it, though, but we'll mm-hmm. see. <laughs> uh, and then, Lee, uh, which, which fight are you most excited for? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be cute. I'm excited for this fight. And, you know, I'm excited for it because I'm not only excited for this fight, but I think there there's a potential for it to be, you know, a sequel, a trilogy, um, because there, look, I'll tell you right now, like if this fight's not entertaining, Are you not entertained? then I just give up on life because there's no way <laughs> this fight cannot be entertaining. Are you not entertained? Both of these guys, I, I, Masvidal cares about winning a title where Nate Diaz doesn't, um, He's more about just wanting the biggest fights and whether there's a title or not, you know, he doesn't care, but, but it's this fight because I think there's a, a potential, you know, two or three fights uh, that could happen here between both fighters. Okay. The fight I'm most excited for is the uh, featured prelim fight of Corey Anderson versus Johnny Walker. Are you I, being serious? I, I mean, yeah, I'm being serious. Yeah. No, I'm Man. super, super interested uh, if Corey Anderson has what it takes to be Johnny Walker. I That's think that le- he very okay. he very much can. Yeah. I think he has what I believe is what you need to be Johnny Walker. The only problem is he also has uh, sometimes questionable durability. He's been knocked out, I believe, cold a couple times even. Uh, but I'd like to see Johnny Walker challenged. I'm very much looking forward to it. And I hope at least Corey Anderson does challenge him if he does wind up losing. That's the one thing Tim has always been a sucker for is when it's a wrestler facing off against a power puncher or brawler, he's always going to side with the wrestler. Boom, roasted. The wrestling side is always going to be the side he takes. It, it, it always That's sways. That's true. Yeah. It always sways when he plays in DraftKings. It's just yeah. the side yeah. he's always going to be on. But, but are you really are you really more excited about that than the main event? Yeah. I mean, is that what yeah. you ju- – Wow. Okay. I'm not. Well, I'm I not saying I'm not could. excited about the main event. I'm just very, very interested yeah. in that fight, though. All right. So we'll move into the breakdown of that card. Uh, UFC 244 from New York City. Uh, here we go. First fight of the main card, and a very good one. Very interesting one. It is Kevin Lee versus Gregor Gillespie. Uh, this is a tough fight to predict. Gillespie hasn't fought anywhere near the competition that Kevin Lee has. 
Uh, Leo's beaten people like Edson Barboza, Michael Chiesa, Michelle Pizarris. Uh, they both have the ability to submit or knock out their opponents. They both have several times. I kind of want to pick Lee here based on strength of opponents, but I'm not sure if I can do that. I will go to you firstly. How do you see the first fight on the main card? Well, uh, you know, Kevin Lee is back at lightweight after going up to welterweight. You know, I sort of look at Kevin Lee as like a lost puppy in the UFC. He's he's another one of those fighters where if there was like a division, a 165-pound division, I think that would be perfect for him. Um, but, man, he's so talented, and he just hasn't found his groove lately. Um, like you said, Gregor has not fought. He doesn't have what we call that strength of schedule. Um, in terms of the guys that he's beaten, but he's awfully, awfully impressive. A national champion wrestler. This is a big step up for him. Lee can also wrestle. He's got a good all-around skill set, but I think that Gregor is, man, when you just watch him, just the eye test, I, I feel like this guy is a legitimate title contender in the near future, and uh, I, I, I'm sort of salivating at him maybe one day fighting Khabib. This is number one bullshit just because of their styles. I, I think it would be fascinating. I think um, that's a really good fight. Yeah, and I just think that Kevin Lee is running into a, a roadblock here. I know he's training with TriStar. I know his game plan is going to be incredible. But, you know, um, there's just certain factors that, aside from Gregor's wrestling, that are really interesting. Um, you know, surprisingly, he's Gregor, the more, in- the more accurate striker, He's got better striking defense, but you know I'm not expecting a stand-up war. I think it's going to be predictable where Gregor takes him to the ground. His grappling is just you know insane. His takedown average per 15 minutes is is almost it's like 7.44, uh, you know per 15 minutes. He's uh, got 44% takedown uh, success rate, which isn't great. But the point for me is that he's going to be actively taking or attempting to take Kevin Lee down and testing Kevin Lee over and over and over again. So I think eventually what's going to happen is, uh, you know, it's a three-round fight. So later in this fight, he's going to wear Kevin Lee down. And I think he's going to get another arm triangle submission and get the win. So that's what I'm picking, Gregor Gillespie. Sounds pretty good. Uh, Jose, how do you see this one going? Well, when I look at this fight, I see two different fighters on two different spectrums of their career. Kevin Lee has now changed weight classes, has gone up in weight, coming back down in weight. And he's also changed camps. Uh-huh. He, he just seems like a guy who's still trying to find himself, trying to find who he is, what type of fighter, what weight class. Do you want to be a fighter? And you look like Gregor Gillespie, and he's just steamrolling opponents right now. And I know there's an obvious strength of fighters, a strength of schedule that each guy has faced, and obviously Lee's faced a better competition. But Gillespie right now is just on a roll, and I've got to go with the more confident fighter coming into this fight, so I'm going to go with Gregor here. One thing that jumps out uh, is the really the 1.81 strikes per minute only absorbed by Gregor Gillespie. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah. He's clearly like very hard to hit. A lot of that's because he's constantly taking people down, averaging 7.44 takedowns per fight. Uh, he has a terrific pace, and Lee, you kind of talked about it. Uh, you see Kevin Lee get worn down. We've seen that in fights before. That's where he's kind of had a problem with people that wrestle him really aggressively. He gets tired, he looks exhausted, and then he kind of like fades away. Uh, I have to imagine that's what Gregor Gillespie is going to try to do. 
I don't really see Kevin Lee winning this fight on the feet. I don't even see him really be able to stand for too long before Gillespie takes him down. Uh, I just really have a little bit of a feeling that Kevin Lee is going to figure it out because he is very talented. But with the numbers and as the ambassador from Long Island, I have to pick Gregor Gillespie. <laughs> so. Hey, just one thing I want to point out when we talk about Kevin Lee's stamina, let's remember he's cutting back down to, yeah. you know, to 155. So, you know, you know, it's going to be a, a tough weight cut. And uh, right. this is the wrong guy to, to, to have some steam zap from you after a weight cut. Because, you know, again, like Gregor Gillespie could try, you know, 17 takedowns in this fight. And maybe he only takes him down seven times. It, yeah. But it, it's the activity that I think is going to, you know, it's it's Kevin Lee trying to defend the takedowns that's going to wear him down. And it only takes one time. Uh, you know, for him to to get taken down and screw up. So, uh, it's right. good. that man, it's a, it's a huge test for Kevin Lee. I think we all agree. I mean, it's a huge test for both of them. It's a really good win for Gillespie yeah. if he wins too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, so it, it'd be a good win for both. You know, it's yeah. you know, it's no, it's no joke. All right, we'll move on to the second fight. Uh, interesting fight in the heavyweight mm-hmm. division. We have Derek Lewis versus Blagoy Ivanov. Jose, how do you see the second fight of the main card going? Well, it's Derek Lewis, so you never know what's going to happen, whether you get some uh, random knockout with two seconds left on the clock or if you get a post-interview right. with pants coming off. <laughs> uh, you just never know what to expect with Derek Lewis. Uh, so when I look at yeah. this fight, the one thing that really stands out to me is the strikes absorbed minute by Ivanov, uh, and it's 4.4 per minute. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a lot of strikes, and... I have to think that if Derek Lewis is going to have that many chances right. to lay in on Ibanoff, it doesn't matter to me that Ibanoff's never been knocked out before because Derek Lewis can knock anybody out. Um, I just think a guy absorbing that amount of punishment, you let Derek Lewis hit you that amount yes. of times, and I've got to believe one of them's going to put you down. Okay. Uh, Lee, how do you see it? Well, you know, the big thing for me is like, what are, are, are we going to see the same old Derek Lewis? And if we are, there's another factor, which is he's coming back from major uh, knee surgery. So, you know, it, I, I'm just sort of getting tired of seeing some of these fighters who have so much potential and they come out and, and you know, you never see them reach it. And I feel that way with Derek Lewis. I mean, sometimes I feel like, is he even interested in fighting anymore? Um, so I agree with Jose. There's no doubt Derek Lewis can knock anybody out, but I think we may have seen the best of Derek Lewis. Um, you know, he's coming off of two straight losses and yes, they're to junior Dos Santos and Cormier, but it's still, you know, two straight losses. Um, Ivanov, you know, I, I think that he has the better gas tank and I think that that and patience will be the key against Derek Lewis. Um, if they get into a stand-up war, he obviously can get into trouble. He does get hit more than Lewis uh, with 4.44 significant strikes absorbed per minute, uh, where Derek Lewis is is about 2.38. But I think that if Ivanov uh, remains patient, uh, he can win this fight, and I think he will. I just think that you know Derek Lewis just... I don't know. I, I, I don't think we're going to see a different Derek Lewis than what we've seen in the past. I think he's going to lose his third fight in a row. Yeah. Uh, so to touch on like what Jose was saying about like uh, 
the amount of strikes that Ivanov absorbs, which is uh, over four per minute. He only lands uh, 3.56 a minute, so that means he's objectively losing in exchanges on average. Uh, Derek Lewis only lands 2.69, so he's not necessarily hitting even the average that Ivanov is absorbing, but that means he's probably going to take a lot of hard shots from Derek Lewis over the course of the fight for as long as it lasts. Uh, but the one thing about Ivanov's striking for me is that he's landed over 70 strikes in his last two fights, which both were wins against Tai Tuivasa and Ben Rothwell. Uh, Derek Lewis has only landed over 50 strikes twice in his long UFC career. Uh, of course, Lewis can get a knockout here, like both of you guys are saying, and it's very possible that he does get the knockout here. Ivanov has looked durable. Uh, he hasn't been knocked out yet, like you were talking about, Jose. But you're also correct that Derek Lewis can still knock him out, and Derek Lewis has knocked out people before that have never been knocked out before he knocked them out. So it, the other thing, though, is Ivanov is going to land also a lot of hard shots. They're both in the heavyweight division. In 28 fights, Derek Lewis has been stopped four times. Uh, so I'm like, I'm very prepared to be wrong on this one, but I think I'm also going with Ivanov. Uh, wouldn't really be surprised at all to see a knockout from Derek Lewis here, but I'm going to pick Ivanov. Uh, the third fight, we have Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Vicente Luque. Uh, similar to Kevin Lee and and Gregor Gillespie, Wonderboy's level of competition is higher than Luque's. It's not as much of a difference as it is in that other fight. Luque has fought and beaten some very good fighters. I just don't think they're on the same pedigree of like all the people that Thompson has had to run through, and he's beaten the majority of them. So I'll go to you first, Lee. How do you see this uh, Wonderboy Thompson Vicente Luque fight going? Yeah, we alluded to before that you know Wonderboy is coming off of a devastating knockout loss to Anthony Pettis. Uh, he also lost to Darren Till. He he needs a win. He needs a win to remain relevant at the top of this welterweight division. Uh, Luque is hot. You know he's won six in a row. Wins against Mike Perry and then stoppage wins against names we've heard of. But you know the strength of schedule, like we said favors Thompson. Um, I just think that Thompson's fight IQ, um, his composure, and even potentially his takedown defense, which is actually very, very good, as we know, mm. uh, those are all going to be factors that I think give him an advantage. Um, Luque, you know, certainly has, like Derek Lewis, the ability to stop anyone. Um, but I just think that Thompson's patience uh, and his quickness, his ability to read his opponents and counter them, um, I think he ends up picking Luque apart in what will be a smart, safe win. And I'm saying smart and safe based on what just happened in Thompson's last fight. But I, I think he gets this win. Okay. Jose? Well, one thing I pay attention to when there's one fighter who's coming off a devastating knockout from the previous fight, if he's facing another type of knockout fighter. Yeah. And that's the case here for Wonderboy. He's facing Luque, who can absolutely put his lights out. And so I always worry about that. You know, does a fighter come back and worry about his chin? You know, what happens when he gets that first touch-up? Um, so I'm going to go with Luque here. I think Luque is going to test that chin. And I, I, I do feel weary immediately following a KO 
that someone could be KO'd again in the second fight right after. So I'm going to go with Luke here. Okay. Uh, so I want, I want to pick Wonder Boy here. Uh, this is kind of, I have a feeling. I got a feeling. I feel like Wonder Boy is going to win this fight by knockout. Uh, it doesn't really add up to me, but it's just like something I keep seeing in my head. To touch on Luke, though, against a bunch of decent opponents, he only has two UFC losses. And both of those, he was out-wrestled heavily, taken down several times. Uh, that's not really something Steven Thompson is going to do, uh, pretty much at all. If he gets two takedowns in the fight, I would be super surprised. I'm, I'm sure you guys would be too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his limited uh, striking output, his counterpunching style, like the way he slows the pace down, it could really work to the same effect. So we might see that work to Wonder Boy's benefit. Uh, Luke has gone against a bunch of people who are going to come right after him, like Mike Perry, for example. Uh, Steven Thompson is going to be a lot different. So uh, has he ever? Has Luke ever really fought an effective counterpuncher like Wonder Boy before? I'm not really sure that he has. Uh, but the strikes per minute, being as like far apart as they are, 5.19 per minute for Luke and only 3.52 for Stephen Thompson leads me to want to pick Luke, but just to be a little bit different this time, I'm going to go with my feeling. I think uh, Stephen Thompson gets a knockout here and he gets the win. So this brings us to the co-main event of the evening, and it is Kelvin Gaslam versus Darren Till. Uh, kind of an important fight for both guys. I mean, you would really have to say an important fight for Darren Till. Uh, I think he's going to have a lot of support. Uh, people from that region, uh, England and the UK, travel pretty well. Uh, they like to come to New York City. There is a lot of people from that area that live in New York City. I expect Darren Till to have a lot of fans. How much of an effect that will have going against a much, you would think, bigger fighter and Kevin Kelvin Gaslam. I'm not necessarily saying taller because Till is taller. I just think Gaslam's the bigger guy uh, with Till going up a weight class. Should be a very tough fight for Darren Till. But how do you see this one, Jose? Well, the one thing that stood out to me was Gaston really impressed me during the fight against the last Stylebender. I mean, he really showed toughness. I think he made that fight a lot harder than a lot of people expected. And he really showed me something here. He showed me he's a little bit faster than most people expect, a little bit more powerful than most people expect. And I think he's a real danger in this division. Um, I'm going to go with Gaston here. Okay. Lee? I'm going to agree with Jose. Um, You know, I think your point, Tim, about Till having the crowd behind him uh, is is a valid point, if anything, for what could potentially happen at the end of the fight. If he wins this fight, I think he's going to get a huge pop because I do think there will be a lot of Brits. Um, But unfortunately, I don't think he's going to get that pop because like Jose, I think Gaslam's going to win. Gaslam's tough, man. You know, he took a beating against Adesanya. Um, I think Till actually is going to be the bigger guy. I actually think that it's a middleweight fight. Um, but you know, Gasolum's tough, man. He is very durable and he is very active. Um, you know, the striking is, uh, Gasolum 3.83 to to 2.41 for Till in terms of significant strikes landed per minute. Their striking defense is statistically even, um, but yeah, I just think Gaslam's gonna 
uh, outwork him. And, uh, you know, I don't really think that um, Till's going to get back on track. You know, again, this is a guy who, you know, it maybe if there were a 175 pound weight class, he's better off there. He seems to be going back and forth. But uh, yeah, I pick Gaslam to win this fight. Yeah. So you think Till is going to be bigger even coming up a class for it, though? Yeah, he's he's a massive, massive guy from what I understand. I mean, yeah. from what I understand, he walks around it well over 200 pounds. Interesting. Um, and, like, I thought I heard once, like, 210, 215 range. Um, so he's a big, big, big fella. I think he could even fight light heavyweight, maybe not be a big one like Weidman, but you know, he could even do that. So yeah, I actually, right. I, that's, you know, I could be wrong, but that, that's what I think. Yeah. Cause Gaslam looks like a heavy guy. He's got like a big frame. He's kind of got some weight on him. I would think he probably walks around a lot heavier than 85 also. Yeah. Yeah. He's just yeah. shorter. So, you know, he is shorter. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't really know what Darren Till is going to do here. Uh, I kind of want him to win because it's, it's going to be sad if he loses this fight. But Gaslam outstrikes him, like you were saying, Lee. Uh, I think Gaslam's going to be bigger. Uh, Tilla's a decent wrestler. He doesn't get a lot of takedowns. I don't really imagine him having success getting takedowns against somebody that's heavy like Kevin, Kelvin Gaslam. Uh, I just don't really see Till's path to victory. I don't expect him to knock out uh, Kelvin Gaslam and... I mean, I just don't know what Darren Till does here. He doesn't strike in more volume. He doesn't have the more power. He doesn't have a wrestling advantage. I just think this is, on paper, a clear win for Gaslam. So that's that's where I'm going to go. So that brings us to the main event of the evening. Uh, the fight that you two are most excited about. <laughs> uh, Nate Diaz versus Jorge Masvidal. Uh, a really... I think super hard fight to predict. Uh, the numbers are very even. Uh, they're about the same size. Diaz a little taller. Uh, they're about the same age. They somewhat similar records with Masvidal just being a little more active over the course of his career. Uh, I think that Masvidal is probably the better wrestler, but I think Diaz probably has a, a pretty sizable advantage in jujitsu. I looked it up. I can't even oh, yeah. find what belt Jorge Masvidal is. So I found one message board saying he was a white belt. I don't think that's true. I think he's probably been working at it throughout his career where he's at least, even if he doesn't physically have a higher belt, I would put him at least at like a purple belt with how long he's been fighting. But with all that said, uh, how do you see the main event of the evening going, Lee? Well, I see it being a whole hell of a lot of fun. And there's a bunch of stats that we all looked up and so on and so forth. I don't know how much of it really applies to this fight. Um, I love going into this fight that both guys are respectful, yet they're boasting that they're the baddest MFers around. Um, so it's just a nice change of pace because like, these are two badasses who respect one another. But they're going to go in and try and tear each other's heads off. I, I, I just love it. I think ultimately what it comes down to, especially in a five-round fight, is that Nate Diaz is always in shape, always in shape, always training, always ready to fight. I don't see Masvidal knocking Nate Diaz out. I think this fight goes into the championship rounds, you know, third, fourth, 
fifth rounds, and that's where I think Nate's going to start to shine. I think both guys are going to get punished standing up, but I think ultimately what's going to end up happening is that um, you know in the latter rounds, Jorge is going to fade a bit, and um, I think Nate's durability and stamina is going to win him a hard-fought decision. Um, so that's the way I see it. Jose, how do you see this one? Yeah, I agree with Lee. I think this is going to be a close fight and a war for the first two, three rounds. And as it gets later into the fight, you're going to start seeing Diaz take over. Um, I think the volume is going to help him score some rounds late and maybe get like one of those tired, uh, exhausted late finishes in the fifth. But I'm going to go with Diaz here to get the win. Yeah. I'm going to make it a sweep. I'm not surprised, motherfucker. I think I also think it is a Diaz decision. I would love to see him finish it with some jiu-jitsu in the fifth round. Like a triangle from his back or something in the fifth round. That's exactly what I was going to say earlier. I I think that's a possibility where even like – I apologize for interrupting, but like he he could get, you know, stopped – not stopped, but knocked down by Masvidal later on. You know, I could see that in exchange, and you're exactly right. Like, you know, Nate is on his back a lot. Yeah. But that triangle is dangerous, and I could totally see a sequence like that happening as you were yeah. just explaining. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Where Moswell gets tired and tries to take him down, like he's not a bad wrestler, so that could be a way it gets to the ground as right. well. If he's like, if he's try, if he's really running out of energy, he goes for a desperation takedown, throw on the ground, Diaz submits him from his back. It's something that could happen. Uh, I pretty much agree with the way you guys saw this, which sets us up to look really wrong if it doesn't go that way. But whatever. Uh, so I'm going to just point out one more thing to differentiate it a little bit because I like the stats. Uh, so in 47 fights in Jorge Masvidal's career, he's only gone five rounds twice. Mm. And the last time he did it was in 2015. The time before that wasn't even in the UFC. It was, a, it was in Strike Force, and it was in 2011. So he's only gone five rounds those two times in all of the fights he's had. And he's lost both of them. Interesting. Interesting. And it, it, he hasn't done it since. Nate Diaz, he doesn't fight as frequently as Maswell does, but he had those two fights with McGregor, which were main events. And like mm-hmm. you said, Lee, like his cardio is always there. I think Masvidal always is in shape too. I just don't think he's as conditioned for these type of fights as Nate is. He also hasn't been in as many wars as Nate has been in. And that takes a lot of energy out of you. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, but I just thought that stat was really interesting when I found it. Uh, and I think it could come into play. So that's going to wrap up the breakdown for UFC 244. So Jose, you're gonna you're gonna be there. Uh, you're sitting in the Chase Bridge, right? Yeah, I'll be up on the Chase Bridge. So it's gonna be kind of cool. I've never seen a fight from up there, um, and so the angle is gonna be pretty interesting because you know the little bit higher you are and you can look inside to the ring, it's a little bit better angle. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. So Jose, you've never seen fights at the Garden before, right? You you went to Brooklyn with me, but yes, I've been to a couple of Barkley events for UFC and one in yeah. Jersey. Uh, but I haven't been to the Garden yet. So, uh, Lee, have you ever seen fights at Madison Square Garden? I, I've been to boxing um, at the Garden, but but not um, not UFC. Um, I've been out. You know, I saw uh, Weidman in Long Island when he beat Gastelum. Been out yeah. to Brooklyn for Khabib by Quinta. Um, but yeah, except for boxing, I saw one of the greatest legendary fights in the history of Madison Square Garden, where a guy named Prince Nassim Hamed. 
oh, ver- yeah. versus uh, Kevin Kelly, who's from uh, from Queens. And I got to sit yeah. on the floor, um, like right ringside, and it was incredible. But not MMA That's yet. Sweet. So Let's, you're gonna get us floor seats for a Saturday, right? I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you guys got anything else? I do have a prediction, guys, that uh, I want to say out yeah. loud and for the show. So I do think Corey Anderson's going to go for a second round takedown. And the dive in, Johnny Walker is going to do a flying knee to his head <laughs> and knock him out for the win. That's my bold <laughs> prediction for today. Uh, if that... Yeah, if that happens, the the garden's gonna explode like when John Stark dunked over Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully that doesn't happen because <laughs> I really want to see Johnny Walker lose. I don't care if he jumped from the chase bridge or what. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's gonna do it for UFC 244. Uh, we're very excited about this event. Jose, if we don't go, I hope you have a great time. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Hopefully you guys can make it. And uh, either way, we're going to watch it. If, uh, maybe we'll meet up for it, Lee, if we don't wind up going there. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right, guys, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you guys.